Hey friends, welcome back to Fit Friends Happy Hour. This is episode 217 and I'm your host, Katie. If you're new here, welcome. So happy to have you. I am a non-diet dietitian and a fitness professional, freaking pumped to help you stop measuring your success by the numbers on the scale and help you start to own your confidence from within. I am extra excited about today's topic of BMI or body mass index. I can't speak for other countries, but if you live in the United States and you go to the doctor or seek medical attention pretty much anywhere, it's more than likely they have you step on a scale, take your height, and log those metrics into the computer, into their system, and categorize you based on your BMI. Today, we're going to talk about what it is, the history behind it, why it's a bunch of baloney, and most importantly, I'll give examples of other ways we can measure success and progress towards your health. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, we would love if you would click the follow button, subscribe, share it with a friend. To be honest, I don't really care too much about downloads and don't get wrapped up in the numbers from a metrics and business standpoint, but I do know that this is a huge way of how we can reach more people, which allows us to spread this non-diet message and truly change the destructive diet culture that we live in. Another way to stay connected beyond the podcast today is to check out our free quiz to learn more about your eating style and join our free community where we continue the conversation each week. We will link to both of those in the show notes. Alrighty then, on to the show. Welcome to Fit Friends Happy Hour, a podcast about all things nutrition, fitness, and life in your 20s and 30s, all from a non-diet lens. I'm your host, Katie Hake, and I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist and certified personal trainer. Join me here every week as I talk with interesting people and experts from all walks of life about their relationship with food, exercise, and their bodies. I am on a mission to help you redefine the word fit, to help you stop quantifying and start living. Learn to stop measuring your success by the scale and find your fears. Let's start by understanding exactly what BMI is. You've read about it, maybe heard your doctor say it, but do you actually know what it measures? It's actually fairly simple. It's a ratio of your height to your weight. If you're extra nerdy, BMI is calculated by your weight in kilograms divided by your height in meters squared. So based on this ratio, the number then places you in one of the following categories. Underweight, which is less than 18.5 kilograms per meter square. Normal weight range is 18.5 to 24.9. Overweight, 25 to 29.9, with obesity being a BMI of 30 or greater. Now, before I go too much further, I will say we are going to talk a little bit of numbers today. So if you are triggered by numbers, you might want to skip over this episode or come back at another time or maybe just when you're in a mentally good headspace. But really, my goal for you is to help you get to a point where you can look at the numbers from a neutral standpoint. You can feel more empowered just by knowing and recognizing and understanding that numbers are metrics, numbers data, you know, and what does it mean? It does not mean I am good, I am bad, I am better, I am worse. It's just information and we can look at it from a neutral standpoint. So initially, 
BMI was created as a screening tool for large populations, which makes sense. What doesn't make sense is that it was created by a mathematician more than 200 years ago, and it was never intended to be used on individuals and definitely not intended to be such an indicator of health as it is in our healthcare system today in the United States. Several studies have revealed some of the issues with BMI. I want to share two in particular that are actually listed and referenced in the Intuitive Eating book by Evelyn Tripoli and Elise Resch. If you haven't read it, check it out. We talk about it a lot here on the podcast. It is, you know, in my opinion, in a sense, the Bible of intuitive eating with packed with research, really good information. But anyways, because I think these two studies that are referenced are pretty interesting and contrary to the current political world that we live in, it is difficult to argue science. And for me, I am somebody I very much believe things with my gut, with my emotion. And that's what got me into intuitive eating, right? It just felt right to me. But I also, I have a background in science. I want to understand the logical part of our brains also can change our beliefs when we learn some of the facts, some of the research, some of the science to back up that feeling, or maybe to challenge some of those feelings that we have. So the first study that I want to reference is a 2008 study that found that using BMI as a delegator or a main indicator of health resulted in misdiagnosing of over half the people as unhealthy in the study. I don't know the sample size, but still interesting to think about how putting so much weight, no pun intended, so much weight onto this metric can really create a waterfall of effects, right? If someone gets, you know, because of their BMI being the focus to then leading to a misdiagnosis, that can just lead to a whole catalyst of issues with insurance, with, you know, mental stress or worry about having a diagnosis that may or may not should have been there. Another study that I found fascinating was that a research team from UCLA found that 54 million Americans were labeled overweight or obese, but were in fact, after more research, they were healthy, according to these metabolic indicators. Even as a personal trainer working out in the field, I always explain to clients that BMI does not take into account their muscle mass. So for example, and I've seen this happen, someone may be losing weight and dropping into a normal BMI category yet they're protein deficient, malnourished, meaning their body might be eating away at their metabolically active lean tissue, which I don't know about you, but in my opinion, that's not considered healthy. Think of an athlete. Many professional athletes have BMI values that would classify them as overweight or obese, when in fact, they are leaner and more physically fit than the majority of people. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal was, is seven foot one, and 315 pounds, which places him at a BMI over 30. Now, maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, Katie, it's just a fact. You can't tell me that someone with a BMI of 50 is healthy or someone who weighs 600 pounds or somebody who weighs 68 pounds. You can't tell me that those people are healthy. You know, let's use the example of someone who weighs 600 pounds and has that BMI over 50. And maybe you're thinking, no, they really do need to lose weight for their health. And listen, 
I hear you. I am not saying that someone in a body of 600 pounds or someone in a body of 68 pounds is necessarily healthy. What I'm saying is that BMI is not the best indicator. Weight is not the only indicator when it comes to health. And when someone comes to me seeking weight loss, we instead look at the bigger picture to understand and figure out, are they at their genetically determined weight or a weight that is sustainable and that is healthy for them? Because the truth is, no one can really say what an ideal weight is, which is essentially what the BMI scale tries to do. The 1990 edition of the U.S. Dietary Guidelines actually threw out the recommendation that Americans reach or maintain an ideal weight because no one knows what that is. Unfortunately, however, the 2015-2020 guidelines, and these are updated every five years in case you're unaware, based on evolving research trends in our country. So we can do another podcast episode on that if you're interested. But the most recent recommendations urged Americans to, air quotes, maintain a healthy weight. But again, this recommendation is based on BMI, which now we know is not helpful. Categorizing people in these categories of underweight, overweight, obese, also contributes to the weight stigma we see, especially in the healthcare setting which makes people feel like they are the problem and their weight is the thing that they can change instead of focusing on all the other health behaviors or aspects of their health or social determinants of health, which include economic stability, education access, quality of education, healthcare access, quality of healthcare, neighborhood, environment, social, community context, I unfortunately saw this working in the bariatric clinic. I would have a patient who was referred for weight loss surgery because they qualified having a BMI over 40. However, this same person maybe didn't have the financial stability for a safe home, let alone access to nutritious foods and physical activity opportunities. So if you're feeling challenged by this research that weight is not an indicator of health, I encourage you to lean into that discomfort, do more research on weight bias, learn about the health at every size movement, and look at the bigger picture. Maybe you can start to challenge those beliefs by thinking about your own circle. Do you know someone in a smaller body who smokes, drinks, eats like a toddler, you know, all processed foods, no vegetables, you know, they're maybe on a long list of antidepressants and they laugh at the thought of exercise, or maybe... Do you know someone in a larger body who trains for races, who doesn't take any medications other than a vitamin? Although, you know, side note, not that being on medication means that you're not healthy, but maybe the same person has stellar lab values, right? They've got from, if you didn't know their weight, you would consider them a healthy person. The truth is that we can't tell someone's true health by simply judging their body size. And if you take away anything from this episode, I hope I just challenge your thinking, right? Because when I can start to challenge your thinking, you can then take that into your circle of friends, into your families, your community, and we can really start having these conversations and opening up the dialogue and changing the way we look at bodies, the way we think about health. And that's going to help us move towards ending this diet culture on a greater scale. Okay, so if BMI is not a good indicator of health and neither is weight alone, then what is? 
let's shift gears about what things we can focus on in order to improve our health and maybe start to let go of the focus on weight loss. Would that be helpful? I hope you're nodding your head yes in your car, on a walk, wherever you're at, cleaning and on board. I hope you're ready to take action. Maybe starting to get a little fired up like me. That's what I would love to see. First, let's talk about a few options from a health clinical type standpoint. And then I want to share some ideas of where you can start to shift your goals or your focus right now, today, on more of a short-term goal-setting standpoint. The first is waist-to-hip ratio or waist-to-height ratio. This is because research does show that carrying more adipose tissue around our organs can put us at higher risk for cardiometabolic issues. Is it perfect? No, but it's quick, it's affordable, and it's very accessible for many. Another option would be measuring body fat percentage. Using an in-body scanner or even a Tanita scale or any sort of BIA, and that stands for, I think it's bioimpedance analyzer. You can fact check me on that one. But basically, you hold it like a video game in a sense, and it sends a current you know, through your body. And based on how fast that, that current can travel, it helps to measure how much body fat compared to muscle is in your body. This can give us a better idea of how much muscle you have, which again, shows us, you know, more of the bigger picture. What are our hydration levels? Maybe, you know, we're talking about body fat percentage. There's many different ways to measure this, different types of technology out there. If you have more questions, feel free to drop a question in the Facebook group. I'm happy to answer those. Talk more about where you can find access something like that. But another easier, you know, more accessible way would be to take measurements using a good old tape measure. You can see, am I building muscle in my biceps, in my quads? And then of course, blood tests, lab work is honestly, in my opinion, one of the best indicators because we can see what's happening from a cellular level, what's happening in the body. Is there cholesterol or blood sugar building up? Where's our vitamin and mineral levels? Is there a protein deficiency, et cetera? These are more from a clinical standpoint. And honestly, if you struggle with disordered eating or negative body image, I do not recommend pulling out a tape measure or seeking out a body fat percentage measurement because that can go south real fast. And I would instead seek blood work first. I think that would be priority. As a disclaimer, this podcast is not for medical advice and is for educational purposes only. I will also add as a caution, even if you do go get a body fat percentage test done somewhere, be conscious of who is going over those results with you. Because from my experience working in many gyms, even some healthcare settings, if somebody is coming at it, going over those metrics to you, who is also entrenched in diet culture, really has that diet mentality, that view may or may not be helpful. Because again, it's going to drive the focus on body fat, on body mass or weight and not looking at the bigger picture. So just a word of caution there. Other things that we can focus on, and this is honestly, if you are here listening to this podcast, these are probably the things that you should take away from this podcast of of what to do. So how can I measure? Because I get this question a lot. People come to me and they say, you know, how do your clients measure success? If we're not focusing on weight, 
what are we focusing on, right? Because what else could be there to focus on? And let me tell you, there are so many other things that we can focus on in terms of, is my health improving? One of those is sleep patterns. What's your quality of sleep look like? Stress levels. You know, maybe it's as simple as rating your stress on a scale of one to 10 week by week and keeping track of that. Maybe from a fitness standpoint, we're measuring muscular strength. This, again, can be as simple as keeping a notebook, track your progress. You know, I remember there's been a few times in my life where I was really focused on strength training and building, you know, building that lean muscle tissue. So I would, I have a little dedicated notebook where I would write down my workouts. I would track the pounds that I was lifting, you know, so then the next week I could look back and go, okay, I did this many reps at this weight. Okay, now I can increase that weight. And what was really fun is to see, wow, I could barely lift, you know, let's say that 10 pounds when I first started. And now I'm doing bicep curls of 20 pounds. So it's really exciting to see, again, if you're somebody, it's hard for you to get away from the focus on the number, but if you can focus on things like building strength, actually seeing the result of your training in the gym, that can be really motivating. Maybe flexibility, you know, maybe you take a picture of yourself in downward dog or forward fold if you're into yoga when you start committing to a weekly yoga practice. And then each week, take a picture of your progress and notice how much more flexible you get. Maybe your balance, maybe you're tracking endurance if you want to get back into running or building up your stamina, right? Maybe today, maybe this week you jog for 15 seconds. Maybe next week that builds up to 30 seconds. Maybe a month from now, before you know it, you're training for your first 5K. Maybe you start to track bowel movements, regularity. I know that sounds silly, but There's so much research out there about poop. Look it up. There's ways to see, you know, are my bowel movements healthy? Are they regular? How does it feel in my digestive health? And the last one, what about mood? I personally use this with my clients a lot. They keep what we call a food and mood journal using an app that they have access through through working with me where we turn off the nutritional, all the, the details They don't need to see that. Instead, they track what they eat, how it makes them feel, you know, their thoughts around food and their body, and it becomes more of a therapeutic tool. But over time, we can then see the changes in their thought patterns when it comes to food, when it comes to their body. Honestly, there are so many other things we can focus on other than weight. And by shifting our focus, we can really be motivated, not externally, but internally by the things that really matter. And we can trust that our behaviors are leading to a healthier life and decreasing health risks, regardless of the number on the scale. It's so easy to get stuck in that trap of, I'm going to make these changes for my health. And when the scale doesn't budge, or we have a bad body image day, It can send us to that diet cycle and make it really hard to continue with those changes that we know make us feel good. So as I say, stop quantifying, start living. And if you found this podcast helpful, if it made you even just challenge your thinking for a bit, please, please, please share this with a friend, share this with a family member, leave us a review to let us know what you think. I am going to link to some resources in the show notes regarding a health at every size movement. I will also link to some of the studies that we talked about in this episode 
I'm also going to link to a weight bias quiz. If you follow me on Instagram, I have posted about this there, but I think it's a really fascinating tool. I took this quiz actually when I started working in the bariatric center to learn more about my own bias towards larger bodies, preference towards smaller bodies. And while it's uncomfortable, it's important that before we can start changing the world, we've got to change ourselves. We've got to change our hearts, change our beliefs, challenge what we know, maybe unlearn some things. And I think it's a really great place to start. Basically, it's you take a quick quiz. Um, it's for, through Harvard where they then tell you, you know, what your bias are. And you, there's the weight one that I will link to, but they also have quizzes for a variety of, you know, race, ethnicities, all sorts of different bias quiz, which is um, really a powerful tool in my opinion. All right, team, that is it for this week's episode. I love you. I mean it. Your listens mean the world to me. And I just hope that you have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you next week. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fit Friends Happy Hour. If you liked this episode, don't forget to share it with a friend. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Fit Friends Happy Hour. Talk to you next time.